turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. Do you know where your money is invested? Chances are that your hard-earned dollars are being used to fund the woke mob. In these crazy times, investment managers are using your money to support their woke ESG agenda. Many of you are already boycotting and closing up your wallets to stores that blatantly display evil. But do you know what your IRA, 401k, and other investments are supporting? Alliance and Trust can show you exactly where your money is going and help you make the necessary changes to align your investments with your values. Go to friendofbrice.com to talk to an Alliance member today and get a free values alignment report to make that change today. I'm a proud client of Alliance and Trust, and this is a paid advertisement. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. So today is a special episode because we are having a dual episode. Uh, Seth Gruber is on of Unaborted and the White Rose Resistance, and he's taken over my studio for the whole day. But he's letting me in so that we can talk together for a little while, too, and I can get a show out of this. So please welcome my good buddy, Seth Gruber. Bryce, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me in my studio <laughs> in on your, your studio. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now, to, well, now to be fair, it's not really. This was actually well, it's Godspeak Studio. It's but, Godspeak but Studio. But to be fair, I, I I was actually running my show in here for over a year before uh, you ever had the. the you were session. first, but as I do, I come in and I make things my own. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I took over. I, 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 th- and I <laughs> through my docent tones, I, I really kind of warmed up this I, I space you, for you for a long time. I think you blessed it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so um, what do you want to talk about, man? I've got a few things on my list um, that I'm interested in getting your take on. Um, I, I don't know if you've got something that is top of mind for you, well, man, uh, other than bestiality. I know you've been really, <laughs> I know you've been really contemplating the uh, um, the idea of bestiality the last couple of days. Yeah, so we can talk about that. Well, uh, so we'll just pause right there. I apologize, everyone, for my my very perverted board member's mind. I, I do not uh, contemplate bestiality. Um, but this is where the culture is going, right? Yes. And, and uh, we were talking off air about where some of this stuff is going. But um, it's just so good to, to hang with you again and, and uh, wanted everyone to know who listens to the show that you're on the board now of the White Rose Resistance and just helping us get off the ground. We're, we're trying to build the, the turning point USA of the pro-life movement. And, you know, we're only 18 months old, but God has been faithful. We're growing fast and trying to build an international movement that gives people tools education, resources, but I think most importantly, inspiration and mobilization to take action. And uh, we're doing all this, mobilizing people at the local level. We hired a director of activism, a director of resistance, and now we're going to start hiring regional coordinators and getting the church engaged so that people have something to do and people to gather with to fight against this stuff. It's going to take good people. Um, One of my favorite um, writers, Bryce, is um, Abraham Kuyper the famous Dutch theologian and politician. And you may have heard a quote from him before that everyone knows. They just don't know it came from him. He said, there is not one square inch in the whole domain of human existence over Christ, 
over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not scream mine. Yeah. Amen. Christian nationalism. But, but <laughs> another thing he says, he says that in any successful attack on freedom, the state can only be an accomplice because the chief culprit is the citizen who forgets his duty, who wastes away his strength in the sleep of sin and sensual pleasure. And so he loses the power of his own initiative. He loses the power of his own initiative through the sleep of sin and sensual pleasure. The chief culprit is us for allowing this, for not doing anything about the killing of children, the transing of children, the selling of children, whether that's the sex trafficking industry or in vitro fertilization and third-party reproductive technologies because two dudes who do not have a procreative relationship want a kid. And right now in California, as we're speaking, Bryce, they've been pushing this bill that would define a, a non-procreative sexual relationship's inability to reproduce as infertility. Mm-hmm. Freaking infertility because you chose to have s- sex with someone that you cannot create a new human being with. And they're pushing for healthcare companies to yep. be required in California to fund the kind of experiments that need to be done, third-party reproductive technologies, namely IVF, so that they can have a kid. Yeah, if you hadn't gone the healthcare <laughs> route, I was going to share that. That yeah, that's exactly why they're doing. Well, you're that. in this industry. Yeah, and that, that's that's exactly why they um, uh, do a lot of those things in definition changes and all that stuff. There, you know, there's uh, the big tr- you know transgender moves to you know make all of that medically necessary care as well, and make sure that insurance carriers you know cover uh you know double mastectomies in children and you know all those sort of things they're all part of that same no that's that a republican game. talking point Bryce yeah. they're not doing it to minors that's just what that's just a republican talking point to rile up the base it's not happening to minors you're, you're why are you lying on my yeah, podcast it's not happening every day <laughs> <laughs> do not believe your own eyes or the detransitioners that have come on my show and many others uh, who have uh, shared their experiences and uh, wow. the fact that as minors, they have been medically mutilated yep. um, and chemically castrated. castrated. Yeah, yep. no, it's, it's, it's wickedness. Um, I want to I go back to um, so the bestiality thing, um, which, you know, it's a very important topic. Um, it, it's trending right now, and that's the reason we were talking about it is – um, the slippery slope people are once again right, and we are seeing a movement towards the most depraved forms of sexuality. Um, you know, the LGBTQ, it's going to be including P and Z uh, pretty soon, Z for uh, zoophilia. <laughs> zoophilia, thank um, you, that's right. <laughs> and um, – and, and you know you're starting to see on Twitter, uh, and I think it's based on uh, on the guy, and and you'll have to um, introduce uh, him. I forgot his name. That yeah, is Peter that is, Singer. Yeah. yeah, Peter Singer. That is now um, causing some of these trending topics where they're saying, "Well, why not?" Is what yep. they're saying. Yep. Um, and uh, and that's what the slippery slope people have been saying for so long. If you're going to allow this, well, then why not this? And we've been saying that it is going to go in this direction and they're going to start celebrating the, you know, sexual abuse of animals as well. Yep. You know, well, it's just love. And look, the animal, maybe they're consenting. I don't yep. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're in a, um, you know, massively uh, yeah. depraved world and we're witnessing it spiraling. Um, I in appreciate real time. how you, I appreciate just the, you know, the, the simplicity of which you say that because, Every time 
a radical idea has been floated by the elite intellectual class, right? By the way, our universities are like a sort of like a cultural crystal globe. Um, and so they tell you what your society will look like in about 20 years. So it always starts in the universities. That's been true since, <clears throat> I don't know, the Frankfurt School, at, in, ter in terms of the 20th century, in terms of like modern like cultural Marxism, because we could trace these ideas back like actually thousands of years. Yeah. But like in terms of like, you know, we go back to Thomas Hobbes and the Leviathan if we want to go way freaking back. But if we're just talking about kind of the, the modern left and where these ideas really start taking off, it, it, it always starts in the universities. It's kind of it's kind of like dismissed or laughed at. Right? Right. I mean, isn't is this not what our parents said um, in like uh, maybe like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when like a lot of the homosexual agenda was rising more, as a lot of like university students were crying for safe spaces. Yeah, well, I'm what older was, than you, so I was saying it in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us what people were saying. They were saying like, oh, wait till they graduate, yeah, yeah. and enter the real world. Yeah. Well, what happened when they entered the real world? Oh, they brought all of their philosophies <laughs> with them. Yeah. No, remember the, those. Um, you know, in in order to have a maturing process, right? Because that's that's what um, that's what a lot of those parents and you know people expected was like, wait till you pay taxes. You know, once you start paying taxes, then you know you're gonna you know become more that's right. conservative, that's what they said. and you're yeah. gonna wise up, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be saying that nonsense. The problem is, is that they got so indoctrinated by that nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't yep. just fringe ideas by the time they were in school. It That's was no right. longer fringe ideas. It became a religion. Yep. And so now the people that are in charge are the people that were indoctrinated in that secular humanist religion. That's right. That said all those things. Um, you know, we uh, our parents took for granted and generate and their parents and their parents before them took for granted the fact that we were steeped and indoctrinated healthy in a healthy way yep. in Judeo-Christian values and standards, yep. which all those got pushed by the wayside over time, you know, again, by those university professors and things that are, yep. you know, the intellectual class and the people who are now, you know, calling bestiality, no problem, no big deal, no big deal. Zoophilia. Zoophilia, yeah. Um, but that's the point. It, it, right, it starts in the universities. Right. That's where you create the next generation of revolutionaries. Right. Um, and they they didn't uh, wise up. They didn't man up. They didn't set aside their radical ideologies because now they have to pay taxes and they have a nine-to-five job. They just lived out really the truth of their convictions and the, and the, and the country continued to shift along those ideological yep. lines. And so, I mean, Charlie and other people have said this, but I think it bears repeating. Like our most of our state universities today are leftist indoctrination camps. That's been true for quite some time. And so the whole point is to kind of bring the circle back around here is, you know, Peter Singer has been one of those, um, I call him like architects of the culture of death, actually. There's actually a great book called Architects of the Culture of Death. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, and I, I'm forgetting the author's name right now, but I believe there's an entire chapter on Peter Singer. He, he's, he truly is one of the architects of the culture of death, and he's long been one of the high priests of humanism, kind right. of the, the intellectual elite grandfathers, you know, if you will, of, of the modern left. I think the dude's in his late 80s now or something like that at Princeton University. I mean, he was writing books in like 91 92, when I was born, called Practical Ethics. And he, he became infamous for his support of infanticide. Right. Because he said, actually, here's a quote that might interest the listeners. He basically, I'll, I'll, do, I'll give it in a second, but, but basically what he said, he said, like, pro-lifers are right, um, that the birth canal does not confer personhood. 
there's there, there's no magical event that happens that suddenly would some, somehow transform the third trimester child from a, a thing with no rights to a rights bearing individual. And he says the liberal search, like we're, he's saying, like we're searching for this, the liberal search for a morally crucial dividing line yeah. between the newborn baby. And the fetus, this search, has failed to yield any event or stage of development which can bear the weight of separating those with a right to life from those who lack such a right. So he has defended the killing of babies up to one years old as moral, and he said that two to three years old is a gray area. So he's acknowledging that if if like consciousness or self-awareness or desires or like a rational nature that you can exercise in the here and now is what makes you a person – and the infant doesn't have that either, then the infant, like the unborn, is disqualified from the community of persons. He's saying you can't draw an arbitrary line at birth just because you're uncomfortable personally yeah. with killing infants. Hey, I admire, Let's be consistent. <laughs> I, I admire the logical consistency there. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I mean, look, you know, obviously he's reprehensible and the guy's going to be, um, you know, spending eternity in hell. I mean, yeah. I'm not the ultimate judge there, but I think I'm going to be right on that one. Um <laughs> And uh, uh, but but most of the pro-abortion crowd, you know, uh, cannot um, use any logic at all. Right. So they they have to dance around these subjects. You know, that's why that's why the pro-life position is so consistent. You know, life begins at conception, you know, as as it ought to, as God tells us it does. Right. Um, Any any other um, thing doesn't stand up to scrutiny any other position they take falls by the wayside use medical technology or yep. just you know time or you know better scientific understanding or all those sort of things erase any of their positions over time quite easily yeah that's right um and so his position in that cult of death that they have is actually consistent yep that's right um most of the people these days you know there's there's a whole you know class and, and i know you face this all the time of just ignorant people you know hey the safe late legal and rare the <laughs> yeah that's right. um, the people who are arguing um you know consistently on um i watched a you know a, a matt walsh clip the other day and i don't know when it was from if it was recent but somebody put together a, cl- a clip of him being confronted by a medical student or a nurse or you know some dude yeah um you know, and and the guy was, you know, uh, you know, yelling at him. Answer my question. So you believe that a thirteen-year-old girl should be forced to, you know, give birth to a child? And the way I answer that <laughs> rape and incest question and all that stuff is yep. is by a question back at them. Okay, would you like the negotiations to begin there? Yep. Because you're at you're you're talking about you know less than one percent of abortions. So are you giving us the other 99, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, get rid of all of those. And then, Hey, Hey, well now we'll, now let's just discuss and let's begin our negotiations at, you know, rape or incest and, you know, things like that. Um, But of course they, they just use that to batter and bash us um, and, and try to put us on our heels, which we should resist because there's no reason to be on your heels about something that is a exception and a tiny exception at that. Yep. Yep. You know, now, there's no reason for us to, you know, traumatize that kid and kill that baby. The the poor uh, child um, at 13 was raped. Yep. We're going to go and rape her again by tearing the baby out of her womb. Yep, I mean, come that's on, right. that's that's a that's a huge level of of wickedness. She's already been traumatized. She's going to live with that trauma for the rest of her life. Let's give her another trauma. Yep, yep. Well, and uh, here's where I think a lot of the, the 
demonic sort of ideologies in our culture start to coalesce. And so this is really important. Um, Peter Singer, Bryce, came out um, yesterday, yesterday being Thursday, November 9th, okay? And he uh, tweeted out on, on social media an article um, from someone named Fira Benstow um, called Zoophilia is Morally Permissible. And Peter Singer here says, <clears throat> this piece challenges one of society's strongest taboos and argues for the moral permissibility of some forms of sexual contact between humans and animals. This article offers a controversial perspective <laughs> that calls for a serious and open discussion on animal ethics and sex ethics. Now, listen, bestiality has a long history. I mean, the Bible had to condemn this. The early church fathers had to speak out against this. Yeah. Um, this is not a new practice. And I actually, later I want to get into, you know, how much this was wrapped up actually in the sexual revolution with people like Kinsey. However, here's the ideological common denominator that explains this. And this is the first time I've spoken publicly on this, actually. I have not discussed bestiality in my talks or the podcast before. So if you enjoy this podcast and you listen regularly, listen up. I'm, I'm uh, putting these thoughts together right now, and I've been thinking about this because here is how we make sense of this. See, and you pushed back. You pushed back that you were thinking about bestiality. And see, I was right. <laughs> okay, maybe not in the same context. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, I just want to know, how, how are they going to get those consent forms signed? Yeah. Because don't, well, don't we have to have constant and, you know, con consent? Well, you know, I mean, Kinsey apparently taught us that it's the science that uh, children can uh, consent to sexual acts because children are sexual from birth. And, and that's why we should show them pornographic curriculum in the sex ed in America's schools. Because um, if, you, if you give someone information, this is, this is true in medicine, is it not? When you give them all of the information about the medical procedure, about the risks and all, whatever, all this stuff, you, you just give them all the information. Uh, now they can consent. Because they yeah. have all the information. That's how they view children. If you can give them all. Yeah. Anyways, before we go down that, colossal, that rabbit trail, colossal however, creeps. here's how all of this actually works together. This, this is why getting ideas wrong is so dangerous. This is why I say over and over again, it's a line from Richard Weaver's book, Ideas Have Consequences. And then I always say, and bad ideas have victims. But – if you understand the, the philosophy of person, if you, if you understand the kind of like metaphysical, um, you know, assumptions that are wrapped up in Peter Singer's support of infanticide, third trimester abortions, eugenics, and bestiality, it all starts to make sense. Here's what I mean by this. If a person is not a human body, so not all humans are persons – so that's why the baby in the womb can be human. And Singer will admit that. I got quotes from Peter Singer in his own writings where he says, of course, we know it's a human. Of course. But it's not a person. So, so not every human is a person, believes Singer and most of the radical people on the left, because a person is not just a human. There's, there's a difference. A person is, is sort of metaphysical identity. Uh, what they're trying to talk about is the soul. Yeah. They just don't know how to give language to it. So the person is your thoughts, your consciousness, uh, your desires. And, and so if you don't have a desire for a right to life, if you're, if you're not conscious, if you're not self-aware, then you might be a human in the womb. Yeah. But until those cognitive abilities um, kick in 
and can therefore be exercised, then there's no person there yet. Hence his yeah. consistency in saying we can kill one-year-olds. Now, or, or, but well, the, where does it go why, from here, Bryce? And that's why he says the gray area. Yeah. You know, the gray area because, oh, well. Because those things are starting point, to right? develop. That's right. right. Now, what, what, how, what's the link here? Listen, because it's very, very important for pro-life Christians to understand. How does this then bridge over to bestiality? Because I, I, I think some people don't understand this. Okay. If consciousness, self-awareness, and desires um, makes one a person – then that would grant personhood to some animals, although there are some humans who are now not persons. According to this ideology, what we're really talking about is actually – it's called body self-dualism or right. Gnosticism. I gave a 90-minute talk at Jack Hibbs Church called, at his Culture Detox event that they're doing once a month now. They just had Federer. They had me the month before. It's on my Rumble, guys. If you want to go listen to it, it's on the podcast. It's not on YouTube because we would get removed so quickly um, where I go through the kind of the, the history of Gnosticism, Gnostic dualism, and how it's the animating feature behind um, transhumanism, transgenderism, homosexuality, the sexual revolution, abortion, the, the whole thing. And the, the belief is, is that like I am not my body. The real person is those metaphysical things thoughts right. consciousness desires aims um and the body's a shell the body's a shell for the person who's this metaphysical yeah. thing so that's how the, they're the able soul, to get it, uh, transgenderism yeah, and all those the same soul, arguments the soul right. drives your body like a man drives a corvette it's like it's just it's like a vessel that you step into and just a meat suit yeah that's right exactly, exactly right uh, but yeah. you, you bryce are not a body right you are not body and soul you are a soul with a body and so why not take your 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 body to the body shop and give it a makeover right that's right. that's transgenderism and so if it's true that there can be some human babies who are not persons because they don't have those metaphysical characteristics or markers yet that means that there are some more advanced animals that would qualify for the status of personhood according to peter singer and many on the left's uh, construct for personhood so so uh, robert p george robbie george is one of the like kind of intellectual <clears throat> um ninjas of the conservative movement um he's been kind of wrong in a couple things but he's way smarter than me he's incredible and robert p george has done some of the best work responding to peter singer and writing books against peter singer and where his ideology and writings go way way wrong showing the consequences of bad ideas so here's a short little line i want you guys to kind of grasp here as we as we start to explain like why bestiality is actually a a sick and perverted, but a natural progression in progressive ideas and and this Gnosticism or Gnostic dualism. Here's what Robert P. George says about Peter Singer. <clears throat> he says, if the moral status-conferring attributes what, – what is that? Per, thoughts, consciousness, desires. That's, that's an attribute, and that's what confers moral um, rights, right? If the moral status-conferring attribute like desires, consciousness, self-awareness, if it varies in degrees – whether it be the capacity for enjoyment or suffering or another attribute that comes in different degrees, it will follow that some humans will possess that attribute to a lesser extent than some non-human animals. And so inevitably, some interests of, of some non-human animals will trump the interests of some humans. It will also follow that some humans will possess that attribute in, a, in question in a higher degree than other humans, with the result that not all humans will be equal in fundamental worth and dignity. And so a lot of the arguments from, for abortion from people like Peter Singer and others, they, 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 it's funny reading their writings. They can't seem to identify what the attribute is that grants personhood. So sometimes right. it's the capacity for enjoyment. Sometimes it's the ability to feel pain. 
Sometimes it's self-awareness. Sometimes it's just consciousness. Sometimes it's sentience. Yeah. They can't pick. They, they, sometimes it's they say you have to have all of them it, yeah. or one of them or two of them. And it's like, well, what is it? All, all at once? Just one or two at the same time? But what, 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 what Robert P. George is saying here about Peter Singer's weird Gnostic dualistic construct for, for what makes one a person is that those attributes come in varying degrees. So some humans will have a greater capacity for enjoyment or a greater ability to feel pain or greater self-awareness than other humans, which means that if you have that capacity that confers moral personhood in a greater degree than your friend, you would therefore, by that same um, construct, have greater rights than your other human who's less of a person because they c- possess that attribute in lesser degrees. But it also means, and here's the bridge to bestiality, there are some animals that would have that moral moral status-conferring attribute to a greater extent than some human babies or severely cognitively disabled human beings. Well, Which would then mean... If that's how we're making sense of what a person is, right. that would then mean that that animal actually is a person and should be granted personhood rights where there are thousands of examples of other humans that fail the litmus test for attaining or exercising that morally, that moral status conferring attribute that Peter Singer demands that you manifest. So I covered this on my podcast two or three years ago. There was an ape, yes, a monkey, I believe it was an orangutan, in Florida who was granted the status of personhood by the court Mm. with all the rights therein. So where do you think this inevitably leads? If some animals can be persons, but some human babies and severely cognitively disabled human beings fail the litmus test for personhood, why not bang an ape? Mm. There you go. Well, then the Democrats would be excited about that because then they have more voters, <laughs> more ballots. Um, yeah, nice. I, I mean, P- PETA, uh, you know, PETA yeah. you know, celebrates that thought and idea, right? The people who worship, uh, you know, a- animals and think that animals have more worth than humans, yep. you know, all that stuff falls into. It's 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 kind of all the same, you know, vein yep. uh, that all this stuff is falling into, um, which is, you know, attacking, um, you know, us as, as – um, you know, made in God's image. Yep. Um, all of that is, is uh, related. Well, and bestiality has <clears throat> sort of a, a, a sick sort of uh, history within the sexual revolution as well. Yep. Um, Alfred Kinsey, um, who's been called, by the way, <laughs> Bryce, he's been called the father of the sexual revolution, um, uh, was in support of bestiality in his writing. His um, one of his many gay lovers, um, Wardell Pomeroy. Interestingly, guys, you know who Wardell Pomeroy became? He became the founding board member of SICUS, the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States. Um, started by Planned Parenthood's medical director, Mary Calderon. Started by Planned Parenthood's medical director with seed money provided by Hugh Hefner. SICUS, Bryce, then becomes the number one group at the helm of producing, writing, disseminating, and selling all of the comprehensive sexuality education mm-hmm. for decades that have brought all these moms and dads to school board meetings. You know where that starts? Seekus with a board member who was Kinsey's gay lover, who was for pederast rights and incest, Wardell Pomeroy was. He once said that, quote, incest between children and adults uh, can sometimes be an emotionally satisfying experience, end quote. 
Um, and he also supported bestiality. So, like, yeah. this goes back to, like, the 40s and 50s. The takeaway with- <laughs> the takeaway here is it's all connected. Yeah. And uh, bestiality is not good, folks. <laughs> we are not in favor of this. And we're not in favor of this change uh, that is coming. Uh, so, what's the slippery, wrong? The slippery slope what's people What's wrong with right? bestiality, though, Bryce? I mean, I mean, what, you know, what, why is that wrong? I mean, if we're, if we're meat puppets and uh, materialism is true and uh, th- this this accidental world just happened to big bang itself into existence and uh, there was no divine logic behind the universe um uh, how can you really judge someone who's an atheist um, f- who wants to sleep with a dog according to that worldview you can't that's why that worldview uh doesn't work that's, that's right. why that worldview is chaos that's why that worldview uh leads to death and destruction and uh we serve a god of order and so we reject all of those things. Yep, that's right. One of the things that uh, <clears throat> was a, a concentrated effort by, <clears throat> by Kinsey and his ilk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Kinsey, of course, is, is credited with kind of um, normalizing all sorts of um, abhorrent, um, disordered sexual acts. Because in his two books, Sexuality and the Human Male, in 48 and sexuality in the human female in 54. I might've gotten those dates wrong. Um, he basically argued as our men were coming back from world war two, that, uh, the greatest generation, mm-hmm. <laughs> the greatest generation, um, was comprised of a bunch of sexual and moral hypocrites. And, and, and he began to announce with the uh, allegedly, um, consensus of science and research that most American men, cheated on their wives. Most American men engaged in homosexual sex and a lot of American men engaged in bestiality. These were some of the things he started saying. It was all bunk, but they were all lies, but he was attempting to, to, to argue that this was actually most of this um, sexual deviant behavior was being practiced by most American men. And so therefore we shouldn't have the kind of laws against it that we do. It's already happening everywhere. Oh. Anyways, we need to acknowledge that and change the laws so that we're not criminalizing or yeah. throwing in jail 60% of the population. But it was all bunk. How much How much of, um, you know, guys like him and others, and, you know, there's, there's dozens of them that argue, you know, along those lines. How much of that is for them to run away from their own personal shame <laughs> yeah, and, and to try to, uh, again, just normalize and justify so that they don't feel the the conviction and the burning of their conscience uh for what they're doing you know um it's interesting also no, that's exactly right yeah it's interesting also that so kinsey um there's there's a few um uh cancers that were injected or like patient zeros in the uh dismantling of western culture and yeah. I'll, I'll bet you and i could come up with a relatively short list of people that were demonically influenced Yep. That uh, infected our culture with cancers that, you know, now have metastasized beyond belief. Um, but uh, Kinsey is one of them. Um, you know, what he started, you know, Margaret Sanger is another one, what she started, you know, and, and it's funny, many of these people were all contemporaries of each other, too. Yeah. Um, and then I think along the lines of uh, I started seeing Aleister Crowley's influence all over the place in Western culture, too, you know, who was yeah. a who was a Satanist. We've talked about him before on the show. He um, was once called the Beast. Yes. 
and one of the most evil men to have ever lived in the 20th century. There's actually a connection, Bryce, with Aleister Crowley and Kinsey. I'm not <clears> surprised. <laughs> and um, <laughs> after, so Aleister Crowley, for those who, who don't know, was uh, one of the most renowned Satanists of the 20th century. He had a temple um, in uh, Europe. I yeah, guess, I he was out of England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he raped and murdered babies. Yep. Let me say that again. Raped and murdered babies sacrificed them okay uh he once summed up all of the law and the prophets of humanism when he said do as thou wilt yep do as thou wilt and he kept copious sexual notes in his journals sex diaries and data of the babies that he raped and murdered guess who was a whore for sexual data who wanted it who craved it who needed it kinsey kinsey needed sexual data to allegedly argue that the kind of aberrant behavior he was engaged in was reflective of most of the American public. Yep. He did get data from one Nazi pedophile, who we can talk about later if you want. But after Aleister Crowley died, he actually went to his temple with, um, with Aleister Crowley's documentarian, um, some, his last name's Anger. Thomas, uh, forgetting Kenneth. his first name, Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger, Kenneth the Anger, church, and father of the Church of Satan. That's right. And there's a there's a photo, Bryce, of Kinsey standing in a room next to Kenneth Anger at Aleister Crowley's temple with a photo of Aleister Crowley looming in the background on the wall. Kinsey wanted Aleister Crowley's sexual data. We don't think he ever got his hands on it, but 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 this this was the follow the science yeah. of that era. They wanted this data to dismantle the Judeo Christian worldview and the laws that Christianity inspired in the yeah. protection of children, family, marriage, the social fabric. If, if you are listening to this show and you are not a believer, this should be something that starts to open your eyes because uh, one of the most faith affirming things to me is to see how much darkness is all interconnected <laughs> right all the way up to the father of lies right all the way up to satan and his influence um that's right and and you when you see all of this stuff and how it's connected and it brings us to the modern battles we're in right now where you know the dismantling of families the you know, the wars that we're in, all of the different things are all connected and they're all coming from the same spirit, the same influences, you know, they, they are all bedfellows. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And so it should be greatly encouraging to you if you're a person of faith, Mm -hmm. because if we know that's the case and we know on the other side of that, you know, is our Lord Jesus Christ and, and you should have hope. That's right. Um, Herbert Schlossberg wrote this incredible book many years ago called Idols for Destruction. Idols for Destruction. And he essentially makes the point that all human conflict is ultimately theological. And uh, he has this great line that, speaking of, you know, for the Christians listening in who are so overwhelmed and maybe really discouraged about the state of the country, um, these idols will eventually collapse in on themselves. Yes. Um, But the, the, the human heartache and destruction that these ideologies will cause um, is really is really the most heartbreaking thing. And here's what he says. He says, bloodthirsty gods produce bloodthirsty people. Yes. Because if someone thinks that chance rules, rules the universe, 
just all random, right? Just and we just happen to big bang ourselves into into existence. Then his actions are likely to appear random. If people increasingly think that malevolence rules, we can expect more human sacrifice. If there is a decline in the number of people who believe that God is love, we can expect fewer who think that actions of love are moral imperatives. So for any individual or society, the religious questions are the ultimate ones that govern human conduct, whether we believe that or not. Mm. And C.S. Lewis talked about this, right? Like, you know, this, this, this sort of ideology of materialism, that if everything was chance and the thoughts that bang around in our mind are just the random result of atoms firing here and firing there, then you certainly can't trust your own thinking. And so if you can't trust your own thinking, you, you clearly can't trust the arguments for atheism and therefore have no reason to be an atheist. I mean, if, if chance rules, then all is acceptable. And if we just came from evolved apes or electrified sludge that happened to arrange itself into what we call consciousness, then who gives a damn? That's right. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And if being merry entails killing babies, if being merry entails raping children, if being merry entails banging an ape, then so be it. For for, for, for there is no moral law. Kinsey once said, Bryce, um, the whole army of religion is our central enemy, end quote. He was very clear that his attempt to dismantle the Western um, civilization in America was a proxy war against Christianity. And when you remove God from a culture, guess what? We go right back to demon worship. That's right. That's right. And that's what we're in. Um, that's what we're in right now. Um, now, So what uh, are you doing about that, huh? Much of it's called... You're just podcasting, right? You're just talking about this stuff, Bryce? Or you, what are you doing, man? It's part of it. It's part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Waking people up. Yeah, I mean, we are waking people up, um, you know, and what can the audience do about that? You know, raise noble sons and daughters. That's right. Right? Um, you know, arm them with this stuff. Make sure that they know why they believe what they believe. Make yep. sure that uh, you know why you believe what you believe, because that's the first step. Yep. You know, get educated on these things. Open your eyes to to see yep. it all, right? Um, so that we can defend ourselves, defend our families, defend our faith. Um, you know, all of that is is important. Are you still doing uh, free Ventura? Yeah, yeah. We had an event uh, last night here, uh, you know, candidate mixer. So, um, yeah, get uh, get involved in local politics. Do what you can um, at every possible level because, you know, we can have a revival. That's right. Um, I I talk also about community here because, you know, get deep with your community. Find your community of like-minded people and believers. Mm, um, That's right. Because that's how you're going to ultimately be able to protect yourself in a a world that goes even more fallen, right? Mm, Um, You know, the, the... the U.S., um, you know, is is not assured to be around forever, right? right. And the respite we enjoyed uh, having a Judeo-Christian dominant yeah, culture right. is going away, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to be in communities so that you can trade and um, protect one another, so you can feed one another. You know, all those things are going to be so important in the years ahead because persecution and prosecution of Christians and conservatives – um, sometimes that's one of the same, sometimes it's not, but it's coming yep. and, and it's, and it's promised yep. to come. That's, that's the, the life of a Christian. Again, you know, America, we, we enjoyed a long respite. Yep. Um, but you know, one religious, um, uh, underpinning or culture or foundation is going to reign supreme. We're losing that yep. here. Yep. And, uh, and it always will, right? And people think, you know, that's, that's where you get called a Christian nationalist and things like that. Um, but 
that's the reality, yep. you know, in some countries it's Islam, some countries it's, it's uh, secular humanism or, you know, yep. uh, and, and with secular humanism come all of the things that they're doing to us and all the lies that they tell you about the environment and the, you yep. know, the worship of things <clears throat> and everything else. And they pretend that they're, they're reli- they're a religious yeah, yeah. when in reality, you know, they're, um, they're, you know, sacrificing babies, yeah. um, you know, on, on the mountain of their religion. Election season is upon us, but we vote every day with our dollars. Look, we can no longer put the blame on ignorance. I'm telling you, we need to make a stand now. Don't let your money be spent on evil by promoting the woke mob and their ESG agenda. Yes, I'm talking about your investments. Instead, find out where your money is invested and get a free values alignment report with my friends at Alliance and Trust today. Go to friendofbrice.com to talk to an Alliance member to make a change today. I'm a proud client of Alliance and Trust, and of course, this is a paid advertisement. Yep, that's right. Well, and you've said this before, and I thought it was very, um, I thought it was a, a beautiful observation of kind of how the culture war in America works. And I integrated into, into my <clears throat> talk called um, All Human Conflict is Ultimately Theological at Jack Hibbs um, Culture Detox in July. And we went through how Gnosticism was the undergirding anim- animating ideology behind most of the evil we're seeing. <clears throat> and then I went through with each thing, with, with same-sex marriage or homosexuality, with transgenderism, with abortion, um, uh, with all of these various <clears throat> kind of iterations in the culture of death, how first they asked for tolerating, yeah, then so acceptance. That, that was Matt Walsh. Then celebration, uh, uh, yeah. then participation every time. Yeah, I want to give I want to give credit to to Matt Walsh on that. I've said it a lot, because, yep. um, uh, but he he deserves the attribution. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's true. And it happens every and, time. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say and I'll say it again for for uh, people who haven't heard um, it said by Matt Walsh or me. Um, yeah, they 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 ask for tolerance, right? And because we are nice people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and Christians are nice people, and Americans are generally nice people, so you know, we give them tolerance, right? Yep. And then once we've given them tolerance, they want acceptance, you know. So yep. you have to say that what they're doing is okay. That's right, right? You can't say that it's wrong, okay, or else you 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 know might lose your job. And again, you cannot be discriminating against somebody. You can be kind to them. You can be loving to them face to face. And you can say that what they are doing is wrong. Okay. Yep. And you can have that belief. But those things can be true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll call it hate, though, if you aren't affirming. Right. And that's the term that they're using for acceptance today is yeah. no, you have to affirm that's right. what I am doing and say that it is not wrong. Yep. And not only not wrong, but it is right. In yep. fact, it's most right. It's more right yeah. than what you're doing, right? And that's where celebration comes in. Mm-hmm. You have to celebrate it, meaning, you know, you, you don't just have to quietly accept it. You need to, in the streets, be waving the flag alongside me. You need to put it in your Twitter profile. You need yep. to, you need to, um, you know, put your pronouns on your business cards. I mean, you need to celebrate this with me or else you are hating me. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, last is, you know, you need to participate. And that participation, like with the transgender thing or stuff like that, yep. means that you have to say that, yes, men can get pregnant and you have to, yep. you know, um, uh, deny basic <laughs> biology and reality. And, and you have to deny that there's, you know, valid mental issues yep. that need to be addressed. And again, we need to love people and we need to try to help, uh, get them right. the help 
that they deserve. That's right. But, but it's, it's, it's not loving to affirm delusion no. or lies. Here, here's Correct. how it worked with the homosexual agenda, Bryce. <clears throat> we want the right to engage in homosexual sex and relationships. That's all. Just tolerate us. Actually, we want marriage equality. <laughs> we want to change the entire definition of marriage and sever it from biological realities. Just accept it. Well, actually, <laughs> we want the entire month of June set aside to glorify our sexual preferences and identities in every corporation in America to put our flags on their branding. Just yep. celebrate us. Well, I mean, actually, uh, we want photographers and bakers uh, to be forced to photograph our weddings and bake our wedding cakes. And we want our pornographic sex ed mandated in public schools as part of health courses, in many cases with no parental opt-out option or parental notification beforehand. Yeah. Also, we want the right to adopt children. Um, and any orphan or foster care organization that refuses to give us children should be shut down and sued for discrimination. Just participate in our agenda. Yep. Every freaking time. What you tolerate, you will eventually be asked to accept. What you accept as normal and not aberrant, you will then be asked to celebrate, cheer, and heckle for. And before you know it, you will be required to participate in the culture of death, upon threat of career termination, or financial destruction, or, as we're starting to see, the full-blown discrimination of Christians who refuse to bow the knee to the pagan idol. Yeah, and there's uh, you know countries that are arresting, right? Yep. Canada does, right? Um, if if you um, uh, do not celebrate or participate, you know you you can get arrested, um, and well, that is back that to is going to be coming equal here. Equal rights amendment. Yeah, that America, is coming here. What well, you know the. You know why Phyllis Schlafly is famous, y'all? For defeating the Equal Rights Amendment decades ago. It would have destroyed female spaces and female rights, although it was lauded as the bill to enshrine female rights, right. quote unquote. Um, it would have granted to the left everything they've always wanted, which is to obliterate any distinctions between men and women. Yes. Um, and they were pushing this, by the way, just in 2021 again. They failed to get it through, but they were pushing for the ERA, yeah. the Equal Rights Amendment, again. And let me tell you guys what that actually results in in the real world. If the, if the Democrats and the radical left in America ever get the Equal Rights Amendment shoved through into federal law, here's what that will mean. Jack Kibbs gets up on a Sunday morning and he preaches out of Genesis about how marriage is a union of one man and one woman. And any other type of union is actually not a marriage. Yeah. The marriage has a definition. It comes from God and every society in human history, even the ones that practiced human sacrifice – defined marriage as the comprehensive, um, exclusive union <clears throat> of a male and a female for the good of society and the rearing of children. Um, he could be sued for hate speech and lose his 501c3 status, although people like Jack don't care about the 501c3 right. status. Amen. But like they could come for churches. They could, they could come for authors, podcasters, for, for basically for hate speech, actually. Yep. Um, that, that's actually where the Equal Rights Amendment goes. I can't think of a better example of this final... Um, this final iteration of the secular moral revolution, which is to require you to participate in the culture of death. Yeah, no, I've, I've lost, I've lost business, um, you know, being outspoken. I've, I've had, um, friends lose business for, for their affiliation yeah. to me. I, um, now these people, they celebrate it and they think that they're winning these great victories, but they don't understand. I do not care. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do not care. You know, I will. I will go. To, uh, what do they call you here, Bryce? In thousand uh, uh, Christo-fascist, Christian Christo, nationalist, stochastic uh, terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From people who don't even know what fascism is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but no, I I do not care. I, I would rather be poor 
and being and Amen. standing up for um, you know my integrity. Um, Amen. And and the you know integrity of our values and our beliefs uh, with respect to these things, um, and and not run in fear and and you know run as a coward from wow. these people who are perpetrating and pushing nonsense on us. Dude, have you seen? Today is Friday, November tenth. For those listening, dude, have have you seen this baby <clears throat> and this family in Europe? Um, that I believe the UK is essentially ordering be let to die. Mm, no, you talk, me, I mean you talk about you talk about eugenics. You talk about required participation. You talk about um, <laughs> an example of when you rip Christianity from a society. Um, the, the, the parents of this terminally ill, sweet little baby are, are, have just lost a UK battle to bring her home. Um, according to the, to the story, <clears throat> a judge at Britain's high court ruled on Wednesday, November 8th, that life support for a terminally ill eight-month-old baby should be withdrawn despite efforts by the infant's parents and the Italian government to transport her to Italy for further treatment. The Italian government saying, we will care for the baby. Come here. The parents of this sweet baby, Indy, who has a rare metabolic disorder known as mitochondrial disease, have fought legal battles in a bid to continue life support for their child. But a judge has just ruled that doctors can lawfully limit life-supporting invasive treatment. Talking about a euphemism. Because continuing with the treatment would not be in the child's best interest. The baby's parents had hoped to fly Indy to Italy, where the Vatican's pediatric hospital has offered to care for her. But Justice Peel ruled it was, quote, too dangerous to send the baby home, given the clinical complications. So it's dangerous to try to keep the child alive. So it's better to kill the child. He had already ruled that a transfer to Italy would not be in the baby's interest, and the Court of Appeal judges have backed that decision. So now, so now, what's interesting? Okay, so this is this is a complex one. Okay, so this is a complex one. Now, it's illogical what they're describing um, because if you know, if Italy, I mean, just just at the you know basic uh, human level, if Italy is saying, "Hey, we'll do this. We'll take on this burden," right? Um, then of course the the risk is then worth it. The additional taxpayer money because you know the UK you know system is it's a taxpayer funded system that's right okay so um you know from a a public public relations standpoint i mean forget the you know moral you know issues there then you know fine do it you know whatever right um you will get more of this we already get a lot of this here in the u.s right because our system is not a single payer health system it's not a socialized (laughs) medicine system but it's close okay Yep. It's close because we have a, a cabal of deciders, and it's a very, very few deciders, the insurance carriers and, you know, the uh, right. uh, provider groups and all that stuff that really decide most of your care, whether you um, like it or not. Um, and so the only very wealthy at this point can can really have a huge impact on, on the treatment that is delivered. Um, and, you know, and our system has, has degraded over time. It was once um, the envy of the world. Um but also, you know, there is not, and we have this here in the U.S., people demand heroic, life-saving, costly measures no matter what right. to try to save every life. And at some point, someone has to call it. 
in this situation, you know, you've got another government that's saying, oh, no, we'll take it on, you know, or, uh, well, I mean, the Vatican, right? Italy, right? They're saying, hey, we'll do this. You know, we'll take it on. We'll take the burden. Yeah. Um, and by know, the way, but, there's there's no cost involved for the UK government to allow this baby to be transferred to Italy. So this is um, nothing more than just state-sanctioned murder. Yeah. No, and in that case, I agree. Yeah. But but, um, but if you don't think we're going to get more of that sort of stuff, somebody else deciding your fate and your family's fate, like who, who remember lives, the death panels and, you know, yep. all that sort of stuff like yep. that, that is, uh, you know, that is coming here as our system further degrades and people push for single-payer yep. single health. The, yep. the government isn't going to get better at delivering care than, you know, even though our system is not truly a free market system. A free market system would work. Yeah. And, and our costs would go down. Right. You know, you eliminate a lot of the, you know, insurance um, uh, f- uh, structuring and some of yeah. those things. And, and our costs would, would dramatically go down. You make yeah. people pay yeah. for their own care um, well, in and most also, cases. Like, <clears throat> a lot of this price is just it's just the euphemisms of the culture of death. What, yeah. what does terminally ill even mean? We're all going to die. Yeah, we are. It's just all. a matter of time. So what's the standard? Yeah. Right. And also, also, where's the line? Yeah. So let's say you have a debilitating terminal disease that in 1900 meant you were dying in a year. But today, maybe, maybe through medical intervention, drugs and various forms of support, you could live 15 years. Now, is that still terminal? Yeah, I guess it's still terminal. I guess we're all terminal in the sense that none of us are getting out of this alive. So at what point does your terminal diagnosis mm-hmm. justify the state or a hospital saying, we refuse to care for you, despite the fact that we'll get paid, right. despite the fact that you're willing to pay, or, 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 or the healthcare provider saying, we're not going to cover this. Right. So you're going to die. Tell me, tell me, how many years does terminal have to mean before you can be killed by the state? Yeah. Do you see how this is like this? The, you, you put your foot in this door, the whole thing's going to swing wide open. And we've done this. It oh, just yeah. happened like 80 years ago, dude, in a place called the Third Reich. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we, we've done this to human beings all around. Stalin was all for this. Mao Zedong was all for this. Sanger was all for this. And we're doing it today. We're oh, doing yeah. it today oh, with yeah. the no, killing no, of children with babies decide. diagnosed with Down syndrome or, or trisomy 18 or anything that might just pose you as more of a burden. Yeah. Right. The, the Germans called, by the way, that they called their victims useless eaters. That was their term. Because what's the point in feeding you? You're terminal anyways, right? Yeah. You, you got a physical disability that will eventually take your life. You're just a useless eater. You're just sucking off the system. Yeah, that there will be um, people deciding you and your family's fate um, increasingly in our culture coming. You know, it's, got, it's happening already, but it's going to happen more and more as we move down that path. And um, if you are part of the system, if you are favored by the system, mm-hmm. you will get better treatment. You will get better care. You you know you, you will be taken Dude, care of. They've been making movies about this. Yeah, for and years. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's a dystopian it's, future. It's coming. And now here it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want uh, you. You mentioned drugs, and it triggered a thought that I have. So I, I wanted to ask you a question about RU four eighty six. Okay. So you know, the uh, Nazi era. Yeah. Relic. Okay. So that's the abortion pill. Um, you know, obviously your, your audience is, you know, quite familiar because you educate them on, on these things all the time. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot on this show. Um, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. So they, they tell patients 
I should say victims, because, you know, women are a victim of the abortion industry, even though, you know, they, they're making sometimes making decisions, <clears throat> right? Um, I, I believe that they uh, are also often victims in this process. Um, not not that they don't bear responsibility, but, right. but they're told lies regularly. For sure. And one of the lies is surrounding that pill. They will tell you if you are going in um, to get that abortion that it's no big deal, you know. You're, it's you know, it's uh, you'll you'll experience a little bit of discomfort, and then boom, it's all over. You know, hey, Dude, no problem. Cecile no Richards, deal. the former president of Planned Parenthood, Bryce wrote in the L.A. Times in 2019 that the abortion pill is safer than Tylenol. Yeah, um, and that is not <laughs> the case. Nope. Uh, it is a horrific, um, dangerous. Uh, potentially deadly experience and the side effects, quote unquote, um, are not abnormal or rare. That's right. So uh, educate us a little bit on that. Yeah. So, um, and I know you've been having conversations along these lines, you know, with, with people in your life and yep. it's important because dude, I had speaking about, you know, how women are, are lied to and really misled and again, like you, I, I still believe they bear responsibility. I think deep down people know it's a baby and they have maternal instincts yeah. that, um, that are correct and you, sh- and you can't ignore those instincts. So you're so accountable. But, but women are certainly lied to you. And those lies are so pervasive in the culture, Bryce, <clears throat> that I had pro-life friends from college. I remember one in particular texted me after Roe got overturned. And he was like, dude, is this true that with the overturning of Roe, um, women with ectopic pregnancies can't get a procedure to remove the baby from the fallopian tube? And I was like, I, I, I started getting a little angry. I was like, either you're a freaking idiot or right. I have failed you as your pro-life warrior friend, the fact that you were susceptible to that lie. Because in, in states where abortion was illegal before 1973, before Roe, Bryce, there were s- <laughs> states where abortion was illegal yeah. before Roe. They were still performing a procedure to remove the baby from the fallopian tube so mom wouldn't have her fallopian tube burst out and die. The That's point a is different some, procedure, by the way. Some folks. of the yeah, it's called salpingectomy or salpingostomy, yeah. right? Um, because it's not an abortion. <laughs> but I mean, the lies are so pervasive in the culture. In fact, when that lie was spreading around, Planned Parenthood removed a line from their website that used to say, uh, treatment for ectopic pregnancy is fundamentally different than treatment for abortion, end quote. Right after that lie started being parroted by the legacy media and the activist media and the culture, yeah. after Roe got overturned, guess what? They took that sentence off of their website. And I have the two screens, well, they were screenshots com- to They were probably it. complicit in the marketing. Yeah, right? of course. You yeah. Know? I mean, so they, so they, the point they knew is the lies doing. are very um, pervasive and they, they mislead even kind of lay pro-life people who aren't like really engaging, getting their hands dirty in the fight. Yeah. And so one of those lies, which was your question, is that the abortion pill, RU486, um, which stands for Roussel Ukloff, the French manufacturer who invented the abortion pill and Bill Clinton brought it to America in the year 2000, shocker, is, is super safe, super safe, safer than Tylenol, right? Um, and so when uh, abortionist Mitchell Creenan did a study a few years ago looking at the safety or lack thereof of the abortion pill reversal, so the abortion pill reversal if, if a woman takes it within 24, 48 hours or so of having taken RU486, which, by the way, RU486, the abortion pill, is a two-regimen pill. The first, mifepristone, blocks the hormone progesterone. Without that hormone, the, the lining of the uterus breaks down. Um, all nutrients to the child through the umbilical cord is cut off, and the child is starved to death. Then she takes misoprostol two or three days later. And misoprostol, or mifeprex, um, cause no 
I'm sorry, mif- mifeprex or mifepristone, and then the second is misoprostol, um, causes your uterus to have contractions. So it expels your now dead child. Um, and Planned Parenthood, they, they don't tell you to come back to take misoprostol and stay at the center. They tell you to go home, sit on the toilet, don't look and flush. And we know this from dozens, hundreds of women yeah. who Planned Parenthood told this to. You go home, sit on the toilet, don't look and flush. So now the American sewage system has become the abortion industry's disposal system. And the, the recent data, Bryce, is that 54% of the abortions in America today in 2023, 54% wow. are from the abortion pill. Estimates are, Bryce, that by 2025, we'll be looking at 65, 70% of the annual abortions being the abortion pill, yep. which thanks to the Biden administration can now be shipped through the postal service to women's mailboxes. Okay. So um, let, that's let, what the abortion pill is. Hang on yep. real quick, because this is a time when we need to pause <laughs> and make sure that women who have gone through this procedure and mm-hmm. women who have, who have gone through any abortion procedure, there is forgiveness to be found in Christ. There, you, can ask, you can ask God for forgiveness. Amen. And, and that you know, needs to be Amen. something that we remind people yeah. of. And, and, uh, and I say that all the time because I, you know, I speak pretty with a lot of salt. Yeah, on the issue, and it hurts people who have been involved in this. Um, but hey, a lot of Israelites uh, literally gave their children onto the burning, piping hot hands of a big bronze god called Moloch, with a furnace cooked under his hands. So he had piping hot outstretch, and the, the child would burn to death and roll off to try to get off the burning metal right into the fire. I mean, okay, like the Canaanites, the Israel, like there are accounts of this. Yeah. <laughs> like so, right? Like you're not the first one yeah. to like murder a child. Okay. We should call it that. Yeah. But I don't think you, woman or man, who might have pressured your gal or paid for it. Amen. I'm I glad don't think you said you'll that. experience. I don't actually think you'll come to full forgiveness and healing if you're whitewashing it yeah. and explaining it as something other than child murder, as child sacrifice. So, but um, Jesus is just as eager to forgive the sin of abortion as any other sin. Amen. Um, but <clears throat> what we're talking about now with the abortion pill is highly dangerous. Um, firstly, to babies. <laughs> um, secondly, to women. So pro-lifers invented this thing called APR, abortion pill reversal. It's just progesterone. Because what does Mifeprex do? The first regimen of the abortion pill, what did I just tell you? It blocks the hormone progesterone, without which the lining of the uterus breaks down. So you're just giving like more troops, if you will, yeah. <laughs> into the woman's body to offset the effects of Mifeprex, which is blocking the hormone progesterone. And if you do that within 24, 36, 48, 72 hours... Uh, we're seeing about an 80% save rate for women who change their mind. They change their mind and they call the abortion pill reversal hotline and they get progesterone. Okay. Amen. So this abortionist, Mitchell Creenan in San Diego, Bryce, he did this study in like 2020 or 2019 and, or 2021. I forget very recently um, to, to look at, you know, whether APR abortion pill reversal was safe. It was, first of all, conflict of interest. It's an abortionist. who's doing the study. And so he claimed in his study right, that um, he had to halt his study. He had to stop it because too many women were hemorrhaging, bleeding, bleeding out, had to be taken, taken to the hospital. Yeah. And so he ran the headlines as if abortion pill reversal that the pro-lifers are using is so dangerous to women. He had to halt his study. Okay? Mm. This thing gets repeated by the, the Center for Countering Digital Hate in this big report from 2021. Um, or 2022. It's a big report. It was, I think it was before I moved to Kansas. So it might have been early 2022 or late 2021 at the Center for Countering Digital, Digital Hate, big leftist group. Then Google came out and said that they're banning all ads for the abortion pill reversal. 
so that Live Action was doing these, Heartbeat International, you know, other groups. Google came in and said, done, done, illegal, done. We will not allow you to run ads for the abortion pill reversal. And guess what report they cited to, to, to justify the decision? The, the, the Center for Countering Digital Hates report. And guess who they cited? Mitchell Creenan with his study that showed the abortion pill reversal was so dangerous. Now, here's what actually happened. I went and looked at the study with my in-house OBGYN advisor at my podcast here, Dr. Brent Bowles. Guess what we found out? The only women who were hemorrhaging and had to be rushed to the hospital were the women who took RU486 but did not get progesterone, did not get the abortion pill reversal. All of the women who did get the abortion pill reversal did not hemorrhage, and most of them – it was successful in reversing the effects, and they had healthy babies that were born. That's the fraudulent study that, uh, that has been used to justify labeling the abortion pill reversal as so dangerous and stopping pro-lifers from advertising to women their quote-unquote choices if they choose to change their mind. The reality is, is it's the abortion pill that's highly dangerous to women. And data from Finland, which is – we talked about Europe, a lot of cent- socialized, centralized medicine that's run by the government – crappy system i don't want to hear the only perk is that you get good data yeah the government has a ton of the data and here's the last point the data from finland which is kind of the best data we have on on the quote-unquote safety of the abortion pill to women is that the abortion pill is three to four times more dangerous to the lives and health of pregnant women than surgical abortion and that's the RU486 abortion pill that Cecile Richards, the president of Planned Parenthood in 2019, said is safer than Tylenol. Well, yeah, well, I knew it was a lie um, and, and you know, wanted to, to go deeper with you on that because, you know, again, all of my conversation have been anecdotal over yeah. the years, you know, and, and hearing stories of women who have gone through oh, that. By and, the way, and, Bryce, and been, contextualizing California right now, mm-hmm. the attorney general of California, Bonta, A.G. Bonta. He is suing five pregnancy centers in California right now and Heartbeat International for providing the abortion pill reversal. There's a lawsuit from California Attorney General right now saying you're lying, you're hurting women, you're endangering the health of women because you're giving them the option to get the pill reversal. Wicked. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Unbelievable. Well, as we land the plane here, bro, um, what what do we do? What what do you say to, to men and women who are, maybe they're not even believers, Maybe they are, but they just – they recognize evil. They, there's enough common grace for them to see evil. Um, what do people listening to this do beyond just you know going to a pregnancy center gala once a year? Well, listen, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've – um, in, in my family, in addition to, you know, yes, we're supporting those, uh, you know, pro-life uh, groups that are educating, right? That's right. Uh, we're supporting um, your efforts, which um, you know I I, I give to um, just a few organizations, and I talk about it on the show. Um, but I give to organizations that aren't just uh, problem identifiers, is what I call it. There's a lot of problem identifiers, and they write white papers. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want problem solvers. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know you're you're putting you're putting um, troops in the field. In addition to, you know, going out and educating and inspiring people, you know, and I've, I've talked to you before, I I liken you into a, you know, great, uh, you know, president or a, um, uh, or a general, um, you know, that's, that's out there stirring up the troops and, you know, coming up with, with a lot of this strategy and everything. And, and, you you know, you, you do such a good job of, uh, of, you know, lighting a fire for people and then they go, okay, all right, yes, we're fired up. Yeah, we're going to, okay, what do we do? Right. Right. 
And uh, the what do we do is what White Rose Resistance is working on, right? Yep. Um, you know, putting activists in the field that can, you know, make a difference, um, you know, uh, uh, cause, um, you know, eyeballs to be shined on things that weren't otherwise, yep. um, you know. Uh, A.J. Hurley, uh, who obviously is a friend of ours both and been on the show many times, is, you know, now part of the White Rose Resistance as well. Yep. And out there, you know, getting an army of activists. And, you know, he's he's the guy that, you know, uncovered, um, you know, those post-birth aborted babies in yep. D.C. that were going to be, you know, thrown into the furnaces of the energy company to, you know, light the city. <laughs> Um, how wild is that, by the way? By the way, the um, Nazis did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, so we need to be supporting organizations like yours. And I would be saying that, you know, even if I wasn't obviously on the board. Um, yeah. But we need to be um, educating our kids. We need to not be allowing the lies to perpetuate, um, you know, with things like the abortion pill. You know, people need to understand, you know, what's up. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and so, you know, all of this, this whole entire fight, I mean, everything is connected. Everything that I talk about here on my show. Um, and if we do have a few few more minutes after, I, I don't know, you know, we've got, uh, I think, maybe 35 minutes until your your next commitment. Because um, maybe I'd like to ask you something unrelated to to this topic, too. But, um, but I think that um, recognizing, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing the truth of, of everything that's going on today and how it's all connected. Right. And, and man, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, let's raise noble sons and daughters that are also warriors in this fight. Yeah, that's right. And let's equip them with truth. Let's equip them with confidence. And confidence comes from, you know, um, uh, training them up and giving them hard things to do in life and having them succeed so they come by confidence naturally. It's not self-esteem where you just Mm. pump them full of nonsense. Um, (laughs) Self-affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I esteem myself. (laughs) I admire myself is what you're saying. That's what self-esteem is. And that's useless, you know, if you've never done anything worthy of, of admiration in life. Give them opportunities to push against resistance and grow. Um, But that's that's what we need to be doing. Yep. You know? Amen. Yeah. Um, As the last question, I wanted to get your perspective on this because it has to do with life. Um, So there is a Twitter post. um, So, you know, my my heart right now is for what's happening in in Israel. Yeah. And uh, what's happening in kind of this eternal uh, battle that that we're in. And I'll I'll pull up this... um, a uh, little snap that I made. I'm pulling up beautiful pictures of uh, my family instead. But um, so we um, are seeing within this uh, this epic kind of time that we're in, um, a lot of folks, even on the Christian side, some, but certainly on the conservative side, um, start to hit this uh this idea that you know Israel is the aggressor in their response to um what's happening okay you know Gaza um you know Hamas the evil terrorist organization that also and people are forgetting is the government the you know duly elected government of Gaza right okay they, you know, sent these uh, troops in, these uh, terrorists, and essentially their army in to, uh, you know, uh, kill and grab as hostages, you yep. know, um, Israelis. Yep. 
And you have people like uh, Dr. Simon Goddick. He posted today, um, and and he posts a lot of uh, you know anti-vaccine stuff, a lot of medical stuff, and he's he's on the right side of a bunch of those things that we're also on the right side of and fighting against. But he posts, when 1,400 people die at the hands of Hamas, it is an atrocity. When over 10,000 die due to Israel, it is an even greater atrocity. And this is where the bias kicks in when one starts to relativize the 10,000. Both sides include soldiers and civilians in their counts. Anyone who is incapable of condemning the killing of 10,000 Palestinians after condemning the murder of 1,400 Israelis should admit that they are no longer on the side of humanity. Such a person is no longer a humanist, but has already adopted a group identity in their mind, favoring one group over another. Condemnation is a terrible word, but those who only condemn cease to differentiate and relativize ultimately become exactly what Hamas and Zionists are. Hmm. I wrote, yes, we favor one group over another. We did that in World War II. Generally, the side that kills the other side wins. Unfortunately, the Palestinian government hides behind its civilians and applauds the idea of martyring their whole nation to bring about a political victory. Right, right. I am blown away because this is, it's not just this guy, but I'm, I'm seeing other people, people that I know personally, some of which I, I've you know, reached out to, and I'm not going to call them out on the show because they are friends and I want to, um, you know, have that conflict and, you know, hopefully get them on the show and, and talk about it openly. Um, I want them to be able to defend their position um, live and in real time and yeah, to me yeah. personally, because we are friends, Yeah, but I'm blown away by this misunderstanding of war, mm. misunderstanding of how war works, right? Um, misunderstanding of, of who Hamas is, right. and, and how they're inextricably linked to the Palestinian people, too. Right. They're hiding behind them. They are putting, oh, yeah. you know, putting their bunkers under in the, hospitals. In the, yeah. and yeah. All, in the basement all of, that. of hospitals, yeah. <clears throat> but how can you not understand that in war... The side that kills more of the other side until they submit and give up and return yeah. the hostages and yeah. all of that is yeah. the side that wins. And we had two mm. million civilian casualties in Germany wow. that we and the UK and all of the allied forces were responsible of. Now, right. we don't celebrate the exactly, death of yeah. the innocent German people, and we don't celebrate the death of the innocent Palestinian people. Yeah, of course. But that is the reality of war. Yeah. And you're an idiot. Well, I get this a lot. To think otherwise. <clears throat> I get this a lot in the pro-life fight. Yeah. Right, Bryce? Because um, there has been a, a concentrated effort over decades to redefine what it means to be pro-life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sick and tired of the conversation, but I still engage in it because it's very important. Because um, if pro-life requires more than simply standing against the killing of innocent unborn children and seeking to end it, then it becomes a useful political tool by progressives to sneak in progressive priorities right. um, into the pro-life movement to sow confusion and then to get pro-lifers who no longer know what that term means to support left-wing weird ideologies right, yeah. and legislative priorities because it's somehow tangentially been related to the word life. And I thought you were pro-life. And oh, so like one of the, like uh, capital murder. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that, right. Oh, so you're pro-life, huh, Bryce? So, so you oppose capital punishment? It's like, yeah. well, no, actually. Um, nobody snuck an AK-47 into the womb, so the baby's not 
shooting back, okay? Um, yeah. Baby's not murdering anyone. Do you understand the difference between guilty people and innocent people? But you hear it a lot with war, too. You get, unfortunately, a lot of Catholics um, who have fallen for this kind of like seamless garment of grace argument right. um, that you have to be like – if you're pro-life, you have to be you know, for socialized medicine because that's a, that's a pro-life issue. We want to yeah. improve the lives of people. What they're doing is they're conflating protection of life in the womb with quality of life outside the womb. To try, and to, it leads to try to, the, to win in their political It aims. leads to the war thing too. So you'll hear people who say, oh, you're pro-life, right? Um, so you're a pacifist? And it's like, nope, that's not how that works. When I I say pro-life, I mean I oppose intentionally killing innocent human beings. Abortion intentionally kills an innocent human being. Therefore, abortion is wrong. Now, there there is such a thing as just war theory, which is what you're talking about. And unfortunately, especially when this case, when Hamas is the aggressor, is the terrorists, right? That doesn't mean that anything and everything Israel does is morally justified. No, because they're but a it secular does mean government, too. That when people come and murder and chop off the heads of your babies and murder grandma and grandpa while they're having lunch, it means that not only uh, are you um, – are not only is it morally permissible for you to respond, you have an obligation to respond. Right. But but this this kind of these kind of conversations happen a lot in the pro life movement, and they're used to really sow a lot of confusion with people who I, who who uh, who ascribe to the pro life label, yeah. and then feel like that in order for them to be consistent with those beliefs, they have to oppose war, they have to support Bernie Sanders universal health care, they have to oppose capital punishment, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, uh, what what I find interesting, so something has changed, right? And and well, we know a lot of things have changed in our culture. Let's let's be let's be honest. Uh, we have degraded, but we've degraded to the point that you know, Dr. Simon Goddick, and you know, again, many people. So I'm just picking on him because it was this morning. But but this this line of thinking is all over the place. Um, when when we knew that it's Germany the both sides things right yeah both sides have, yeah. have legitimate uh, arguments and please, reasons please you need, we need to stop we need to you know yeah. uh, ceasefire um, yeah uh, <laughs> no we need to route out Hamas and yeah. and unfortunately because they and they are on record the leaders of Hamas uh, um, and other nations who support them from the river them, to the sea <laughs> they are on Palestine record will be free. they are on record saying that we would like to see the uh, complete extermination of the Jews number oh, yeah. one. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they're also on record is saying it in their charter. <laughs> it, it is in their charter. They are also on record saying that they are okay with martyring their uh, entire populace of innocent yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, they they um, celebrate that according yeah. to their Islamic religion as well. I mean, that is a, a big part of their yeah. um, you know uh, religious uh, dimension, right? Yeah. So. It's wild to me because we I do not believe, and maybe somebody who's a um, a World War II historian can point to me uh, uh, where, you know, on the Twitter equivalent of the day, uh, we were uh, saying those sort of things here in America when, when our young men and um, uh, soldiers were being called up to go fight uh, on the beaches of Normandy and other places to, you know, liberate uh, France and uh, yep. the, the Jews. Yep. Yep. These are evil times, and and the same arguments are used <clears throat> to create passive, uh, compliant citizens. Yeah, um, in order to um, to keep the really the 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 only hope and bulwark for Western civilization, America, uh, unilaterally disarmed, silent, disengaged. Yeah, uh, if if someone walks into your home and murders your babies and your grandma. 
um, you actually have an obligation to not cease fire. Yeah. Um, and it, it's wild. <clears throat> the, 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 the real takeaway for me, Bryce, was seeing all these pastors and Christians who suddenly had such moral clarity about the evil of killing babies. Um, oh, coming out with the strongest statements. I mean, we're talking weak, chestless men who never speak out against the killing of babies in America at a way bigger level and way more highly funded and sophisticated manner. But when Hamas does it and they murder infants, oh, Andy Stanley, Rick Warren, oh my gosh, Russell Moore, such moral clarity on how demonic and evil this is. And yet those men have never spoken with that level of moral and spiritual clarity against the sophisticated, highly funded Leviathan of child sacrifice in America. In fact, they they pal around with and help get elected the very people who uphold that institution in America. Yep. It's very interesting how that works. It is. It is. Yeah. And um, again, um, the the big idea is the fact that he's saying that, uh, you know, we're choosing one side over the other. Yeah, of course we are. That's right. Yeah, and and we do that, and that's what uh, that's what you do. Um, we actually have rational faculties, and we can <clears throat> listen to arguments, and <clears throat> we can um, we can actually discern moral differences yeah. <laughs> between societies, civilizations, ideologies, and we can discriminate, yeah. and we should discriminate, and we should pick good ideas, and we should defend the those who are morally justified in protecting their families and their country and their civilization, right? Suddenly all these people saying, oh, you know, <clears throat> Israel's justified in responding, all these like woke, silent Christians, right? You know, all suddenly, all of a sudden they're fine with nationalism. It's so funny. Um, but if you show that same love of country wanting to protect your shores here in America, you're, you're labeled the most dangerous threat to freedom and democracy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. As I have been. No, not the most dangerous. There's other people on that list before me. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of big shows and a lot of uh, you know big personalities you know fighting the same fight. Um, well, hey, uh, uh, thank you for weighing in on that because again that that one is burdening me so much. Again, it's it's not just this guy, but it's that there is this whole spirit of this right now yeah. uh, where where they are um, you know d- defending the government of Hamas and the government of Palestine that's that's uh, perpetrating these things uh, and and suggesting that you know we should not go after them because they're you know putting their civilians in the way. Yeah, um, you right. know, it, we, at the same time. Two things can be true, you know. We can we can do that, and then we can also make sure that we're going after um, yep. uh, them in a manner, and we can hold uh, Israel accountable for doing as 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 best they can precision strikes right. and operations that that you know minimize as much as possible those yep. civilian deaths. Well, uh, thank you for uh, letting me on your show, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and joining me on my show simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Bryce. Keep it up, brother. Um, guys, tune into the Bryce Eddy Show, Bryce Eddy Show, Salem Podcasts. You can uh, watch it on Rumble. You can get it wherever you get your audio podcasts. Bryce Eddy, board member of the White Rose Resistance, and the uh, the the great terror of every uh, left wing pink haired progressive in uh, Ventura County, and more and more so in California. Thanks for what you're doing, brother. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, with this, uh, we are out. To God be the glory. And thank you for joining me, brother. Head on over to the spot, uh, to iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Go subscribe to Rumble because, you know, eventually something's going to probably happen with YouTube. Go subscribe to Rumble. If you want to get engaged with the White Rose Resistance, go to the whiterose.life, the whiterose.life. 
life. And if you become a $35 a month ally, you get a free activism donor box in the mail and you get our digital resistance community you get invited to with a full our first full course on there, three sessions, curriculum, quizzes you can go through. The first live call with Eric Metaxas is on there. And this is going to be this just growing cash of equipping, inspiring, and educating you to be the resistance. If you join at $70 a month, you get our Culture War Book Club coming out at the end of November. We're going through a book a month, live call. We discuss it with me. Sometimes we'll have the author on Culture War Book Club. Um, help us build Christian resistance again in this Amen. country before it's too late. Till next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Hey, thank you for watching or listening to this show. If you are someone who listens to us on the podcast apps, please go to our Rumble channel. Even if you're not going to watch us there, we'd appreciate you hitting subscribe. We want to boost those numbers up and make sure that that channel continues to grow. But again, thank you so much for listening to us.